apparently they both like Barbie, so whatever. Oh, good. Yeah. It seems to be one of these summer blockbusters compared to the other <laughs> summer blockbusters. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. This week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing just great. How are you? Oh, sweating my nuts off. Yeah. It's been hot. It's so it's so hot down here and you walk outside, you just get burnt. Yeah, it's been pretty disgusting. Like I took the dog out at like eleven thirty the other night and it was still like eighty eight degrees. And I was like, this is fucking gross. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't felt that since fucking Florida. I, but you know, there's all kinds of people that are going out in the Death Valley because it's 135 degrees and they want to experience it. <laughs> and then they're dying. I and take people a, are wondering and take, why. And then taking pictures of it. Yeah. Of the, the thermometers. Yep. Somebody yeah. put people are stupid. Somebody put that that's like the dinosaurs taking pictures with the asteroid. Yes. <laughs> I taken a selfie while the it's streaking towards them. Yep. Yep. Because people just don't get it. So I'll see you later. No. No. People be stupid. The world burns. <laughs> That's right. If only people would listen to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Why? What is she saying? Oh, she went off on a rant at a Comic-Con about climate change and how oh. we're screwing up Mother Earth. Well, and, you know, it's all these old fucks that are are making all these really bad decisions. And it's like they don't have to live in what they've created. Right. It's this younger generation. It's my it's my kids generation that's really going to suffer. Like I'll probably end up being a statistic. They'll they'll probably like I'll be one of those old guys that like die of heat stroke somewhere, <laughs> and then she'll have to put up with all these fucked up temperatures. Right. But yeah, yay. <laughs> so we uh we had Comic Con this week, which was kind of a big nothing yeah with you know nobody no nobody was able to go and talk at anything and right there was a well if they went yeah if they went they could talk but not about anything they were promoting right right so it was so what so why go yeah and there were a couple of like tv trailers and stuff released but there was nothing like years past where like people were waiting for certain panels to start because they knew like trailers would drop like right. after it. So instead we got a big nothing. And I guess the SAG has said with the strike 
that they're willing to go until 2024. Well, that's five months. Yep. Now the, the studios have said that if they don't reach a settlement by September, the industry collapses into itself. But yeah. the actors are saying, nope, we're going to we're we're holding out. So I guess there won't be any entertainment. There's nothing going to be on TV for the next half a year, at least. Right. Right. And that means all the movies that are supposed to release between now and fucking Christmas are all going to get pushed. DC has said that. um Aquaman may get pushed yet again. And it's like, yep. So, so they just had their fourth reshoots for Aquaman. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know what they're doing or why they're going on that long, but you know, um, yeah. So we may not get anything for six months or longer or longer. And then what does that do to the movie theaters? I mean, we were already already talking about the death of movie theaters. Right. I'm, at least I on mean, TV, this, they can rerun stuff. Right. I guess. Well, I wonder if they'll start re-releasing certain movies or put a lot of the movies that were already completed back into circulation. Possibly. Another another round of Avatar movies. Oh yay! Well, yeah. <laughs> Go see a double feature of of Titanic and Avatar, and spend the entire day in the movie theater. Right. <laughs> Watch all five Indiana Jones movies with a bathroom break in between. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Well. But in, I, don't, I don't know if it was in light of this or not, but AMC has now said that they're no longer going to do their um, middle seats being more money. Yes. So they've they've now completely dropped that. So. Yes. <laughs> it was a agreed move. Yep. You know, and now people are starting to pay attention to it. Yep. Took them long enough. <laughs> You never know what's going to happen here. Nope. Exciting times we live in. Oh, yeah. Did you hear what Universal in Hollywood did to the strikers? Yeah, they cut down the trees. They cut down all the trees. (laughs) Yep. What assholes. And then they denied that they had done it because of the strike. You knew damn well. The, mm-hmm. where the strikers were going to be and made the move of like, well, fuck them. They don't get any shade. Right. But they did get fined like $250. So maybe they'll learn their lesson. Sure. <laughs> no. So, yeah, it's it's been kind of a fucked up week for Hollywood yeah they don't get their their big show in San Diego they're all picketing in the heat 
Right. Can't be fun. And you know these celebrities who are there for photo ops are not out there for eight to ten hours. No, you don't think they're like like out there all the time? You don't think you can go out there uh, and find Fran Drescher out there like seven days a week? No. No? Although I think she would probably do it. Yeah. But I think, you know, Clooner, Clooney and, you know... Rosario Dawson and you know all the the really big name people right right and I did who, go ahead you know the ones who are being paid millions of dollars per movie and not getting you know point zero zero three cent uh um residuals, residuals. yeah I did. I did like. There's there's been a bunch of like mini reunions that they're like people are taking yes. pictures of. Yes. And there was one with um, there was a Battlestar Galactica one that had the guy that played Anders, and then um, oh, what's his name, Adama. Uh, Edward James Olmos. Ed, Ed, yeah, and and um the chick that played Rosalind, the the president. I'm blanking on names I, again. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched it. And, I watched the old one. And so so they're all wearing hats. They're all kind of like dressed for the weather, but Mary McDonald, that's that's who it was. Oh, okay. Mary, Mary McDonald has this big foof of hair sticking out of the top of her hat and they were I it was just like you couldn't tell her to fix that before you took the picture. <laughs> No, they want to be the everyman. I guess. I guess. Be interesting to see how long this lasts. I don't know. Well, besides that, did you did you watch anything this week? Oh, did I watch stuff this week? I caught up on some movies. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. All right. I watched some, uh, you know, some of the episodic television we've been reviewing. Okay. Where do you want to start? Um, are you watching Miracle Workers? No, I didn't realize it had been releasing. Yes. Four episodes so far. It's a Mad Max theme. Right. Um, it's pretty funny. Is it? It's got to be better than the Oregon Trail one, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, there's this entire episode where Steve Buscemi's character, who's now a salvager, I guess you'd call him. Like a junk man kind of thing, but he thinks he's more than that. Okay. And um, he goes to his high school reunion because he was, you know, he wanted to rub it in everybody's face. And he gets there and he goes into the, the gymnasium or whatever they were having the thing in. And they're all skeletons because they were all wiped out in the apocalypse, <laughs> except for him. Okay. And he spends the episode acting with himself and various skeletons. It's really well done. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's worth checking out. Okay, I mean, I liked I liked the first couple of ones. I liked I liked the God one, and I liked the medieval yeah. ones. Yeah. And I've been I've like it was supposed to release like in January or something. Yeah. And so like I had never even realized that they had really they started to release it. Yeah. That and uh what we do in the shadows is back. Okay. And that's been kind of interesting. Okay. It's 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 going as far overboard as they can at this point. <laughs> Uh, the last episode was a neighbor running for city council wants to throw a gay pride parade in Staten Island <laughs> on the uh, using the slogan, bring the Rangers back to Staten Island. OK. And they um, they do a float and they do a parade and it's pretty funny. Nice. It's very funny. It's worth watching. The creepy doll has her own episode. <laughs> That's funny. I thought, of course, I watched Secret Invasion. Yeah. And how, I, how are I, you feeling about it? There's one episode left. Yes. I mean, this was finally showing us some movement, but still... You've got an hour left to wrap this up. What are you thinking? And or I, is this just one of those things where all will be revealed in the next movie? I which is which is the Marvels, which features the 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 Cree, the Cree, the Scree, the Cree, whatever they the are. The Cree, yeah. Yeah. So I don't so like the last two episodes have been like 35 minutes. Right. Like they're not long episodes at all. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, the, the big revelation is that there was some kind of DNA taken from each of the Avengers. Yes. And that's what the bad guy is looking for. And it's in one single vial hidden in a <laughs> tombstone. Yes. And I was like, what? Like, uh, okay, sure. And because in two or three years, there's going to be a secret wars movie. I right. can't imagine that this is going to wrap up. It's gotta be like, well, the threat has, has been subsided, but, um, you know, they're still out there. The scrolls, the scrolls that are looking to, to take over are still there and they're just kind of in the shadows now. But right. I guarantee you in all the movies that are going to come up, it's never going to be, the scrolls are never going to be brought up at all. You know, it's all been convenient of this past five episodes into this last six one that like scrolls are everywhere. So right. I just, I just don't get what they're thinking is here. I, yeah, it's for only six episodes. They did way too much world building in the beginning that 
you know, I mean, I know it started off big with the the bombing and uh, Colby, what her name is, getting killed. Right. And, and they're you know they're trying to do a spy thing, which is why Olivia Coleman is there. And but they're not making any advances. And you know, quite honestly, Olivia Coleman is the best part of this TV show. Yes, she is. Every time she's on screen, it's like, this is what this needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like, why is she not more front and center in this? Right. And I, I guess she's going to be in the movie, but that's still like three years away. Right. Well, and I think the part of the problem is that Marvel MCU is trying so hard to throw as many characters at this that you're running out of time to tell stories. Yeah. And you know, with, with Iger coming out and talking about pulling back on the amount of movies and TV shows, there's a chance that this may never get resolved. Right. Cause what if they're like, Oh, the, the secret wars one needs to go. Then what you've, happened? you've really fucking wasted everybody's time. Who's, going along for this ride right so i don't i don't get it i did see somebody say that like somebody watched andor and said we can do that with marvel and then gave us secret invasion and failed miserably because andor was slow and methodical but like had 10 episodes or whatever it was i think it was like 12 to tell their story and right. so they were able to take it in chunks, but like this has just been one long conversation after the other. No. And if part of it was Samuel L. Jackson's commitment to the thing, to the project, then why didn't they find a way to broaden the cast in a way that he could sit out for a couple of episodes? Yeah. And they spent, they spend a good third of this episode with, um, like the burying of Talos, right? Or the burning of Talos, and it's the, like the the, the, Vi- the Viking funeral. Yeah, and it's like so. We're not gonna point out like Ben Mendelsohn is done, right? Like he's one of the shining stars of this TV show. Like him and Olivia Coleman make the show watchable, right? Everybody else is talking about Fury being too old and like done and hung up and stuff. And I don't care about his relationship and I don't care about like where he was after the battle of New York and all this shit. Like, I don't care. Right. This is supposed to be about scrolls in the government. And you barely got any of that. So I don't, I don't know. There's no way they can stick this landing. There's no way we're going into this. Wednesday night and being like, oh yeah, that's a satisfying ending to this. It's just not going to happen. Right. Right. It's impossible. And I think, I think Marvel is now making missteps that people thought that they couldn't make because people were always like, oh, everything that they do is great. And everything that they do, they have a plan. And it's like, this doesn't show any signs of a plan other than we want to do a TV show with Sam Jackson. I just think I I think maybe the Marvel time is over. I think they need yeah, to I th- I to think reboot that it. the 
the the blockbuster age is coming to a close. Yeah. I mean, the way we we intake our our entertainment has changed. So, you know, you need to figure out which one is going to make you the money because that's honestly the only reason you're doing this. You're not making this as a commitment to the fans or, you know, doing good in the world. No. And like, honestly, I would like to see a Marvel X-Men movie like like sure controlled by Marvel and not 20th Century Fox. Mm -hmm. Like I would really like to see what they could do with it. So let's uh, let's close out the MCU and start the X Men universe. Do a couple of like let's not drag it out to you need to see thirty five movies. Do a couple of right. movies with with, and I say this wholeheartedly with ideas that have not been seen on screen before. We don't mm-hmm. we don't need to see fucking the the phoenix storyline we don't need to see whatever that horrible one with um oscar isaacs in it was you know move past everything that's come before it and do an x-men movie in the style of marvel and let's go from there but i think the interconnected mcu needs to kind of be put the pasture uh, yeah I mean, what are we up to now? Is this phase five that's starting? I think so. I think Ant-Man was was the start of phase five. Yeah. So I don't know where it's going to end up. I mean, but you're not hearing about like, like the Eternals part two. You're not hearing about any of this other stuff that's kind of bombed because Marvel is having to reassess what people are going to see. And I don't think you're going to see an Ant-Man four. I don't think you're going to see another Thor movie. I think all of this stuff is going to be looked at and been like, okay, that's we're done with this now. They can show up in like the big Avengers movies, but we're, they're not doing standalone movies for these characters anymore. No. And I don't see them coming up with new characters that people are going to care about. As much as that sucks, I, I think it's over. That's uh, too bad. But I mean, they had their run. It was a good run. Sure. Nothing's going to last. It's a damn forever. good run. Right? You know, eventually they were going to have to end this. Eventually this was going to happen. So let it get, let it die gracefully. Sure. I, I think they build up whatever they can to another Avengers movie they get rid of Kang and then they close the curtain on it. Mm-hmm. Take a step back, take a couple of years off yep. and reinvent it. Yep. Let's not recast the people that are the, the characters that you got. Like we don't need to see another Iron Man movie. No, no, no. I think that story's gone. Yeah. I don't know that we need another Captain America movie. No. I mean, that story was wrapped up pretty well. I mean, it's it's interesting from a standpoint where it's not Steve Rogers anymore. Sure. But I also don't think it deserves a movie. Like, that seems like that seems like a story that's best told on television. Mm hmm. But because Disney Plus sucks more money than it pumps into the company. 
you know, they're not willing to do that shit anymore. Right. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Well, one episode left. Yep. See what happens. Yep. And then we don't have to talk about it anymore. Woohoo. <laughs> see, solved. <laughs> Did you watch Strange Worlds? I did. I did. We got I the. Re- Go ahead. I, I I really love Carol Kane. She is definitely adding to the the color of the crew. Right. Um. She like. So this week we got like the weird zombie hallucination episode. Yeah following Ohura and I guess because she's more open to the signal she was affected by it and she was seeing like Hemmer um, as like a zombie and then we got to see him in like a video because like he was sick and tired of her asking questions so he was like well screw it I'll just teach you Right. but it was nice to have Hemmer back I mean, Hemmer was definitely one of the bright spots of season one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they kill him off. Right. Um, you know, as a standalone, uh, standalone story, I really liked it. I liked bringing Kirk into it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it shows you that the writers have studied all of the original canon because right oh god yeah if you watch if you watch the original series episode where they basically show you the original uh pilot mm-hmm. and um spock is is having a court martial and they ask captain kirk if he had ever met um pike before his his comment is uh, well, I only met him when he was the fleet admiral. And in this one, they make Pike a fleet admiral for a very short time. Right. So as not to bust the cannon, they were like, well, we'll just write this thing where there's another ship. And so they're going to make a mini fleet and he'll be the fleet admiral or the fleet captain or whatever. And then that way it doesn't, it, you can go up to the original series and it doesn't break anything. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the the Kirk and Ohura relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when she sits down and he says hi and she's like, I'm not trying to be hit on. So like he's already right. got kind of like the womanizing reputation. Like mm-hmm. it's all there. Like and I really like right. the dude that plays Kirk every time that he's on screen. I'm like, this dude could be Kirk in a big in a in like a big um, movie movie. Yep. Yeah, I love that they're giving different characters a deeper story. Yeah, it's not just Kirk and Spock you know, and McCoy. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's super well done. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next two. There's apparently a musical episode coming. Yes. So that's exciting. That'll be interesting. 
And is mm-hmm. the other one the crossover? Yes. Okay. Between the animated series, yeah. which I think is a brilliant idea. Well, and to bring Jack Quaid in as his character, as Boimler. Yeah, <laughs> and I, is it the, is is the girl like the voiceover artist for her character? Um, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it really it would, would make been, sense if it was. It would have really been funny if they had beamed in and they were animated characters. Yeah. 2D. Yeah. Yep. And they're just like looking Interacting at Interacting with the rest of the crew. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. Uh, let's call it, that's lower decks, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's see. That's Tawny Newsom as Mariner. Let's see. Yep, she is she is the live action version of her character. That's great. So yeah, I mean, and if they can pull this shit off, like there's no stopping them. They can start doing cro- crossovers with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like bring back O'Brien or you know, oh Cisco God. or mm-hmm. you know, Henry Kim or somebody from Voyager. You, you, like you could just start doing it all now. So I hope this works for them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that she was, she was like the female lead in space force as well. Hmm. Remember that? Remember the, the Netflix show with, um, John Malkovich and Steven Carell. I remember it, but I never watched it. Oh, I thought you had watched it. I don't think so. Okay. Well, she's she's the lead in that, too. Okay. So, yeah, that 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 was really good, too. They are they're on a roll with Star Trek. Look for them. They deserve it. Yep. Especially after Paramount's kind of fucked them around with all the Star Trek shows. Right. So what movies did you watch? You said you'd caught up on some movies. I did. Um... I I saw Guardians three. Okay, and what did you think? God, was that a long movie? <laughs> but I liked it. I I I think the backstory of Rocket was a little graphically dark. Yeah, but I. You know, I mean, they they had this great because I thought it was odd that they get to um, the whatever the hell is the guy with half a face. Oh, um, 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 the supreme something or other. Yeah. Intellect. Is it the, maybe. Is it, 
Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So anyway, they, they, they got to his place. They blow his place up. They've got the, the, the orb, the thing. And it's like, there's like an hour left in this movie. Why are they ending it here? <laughs> <laughs> and then it made sense. It's like, oh, this is pretty cool. And it showed the Guardians as real heroes. Yep. You know, not only did they rescue the children in the cages, but also all the animals. Yep. Who are now running around uh, nowhere. nowhere? Yeah, I I liked the movie. I felt they were really trying to make you think that somebody was going to die. Mm-hmm. There was all that stuff um, beforehand of like this is the last movie for a lot of these people. Zoe Saldana doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, Dave Batista doesn't want to do it anymore. Like there was all this talk of like, this is it. This is the final one of this group. And so when rocket doesn't die, I was like, that feels like a cop out. It feels like somebody needed to be sacrificed in order to make the overall story seem like it was worth it. Right. Um, because at the end of it, everybody's alive. Everybody's happy. Everybody, they've got new members. Now Adam Warlock is a guardian. Right. And, and Cosmo, the dog is a guardian and Craglin is a guardian and like, okay. So they're just going to go on with these adventures. And the only thing we're going to get is a Peter Quill movie. Which sounds unnecessary yeah. at this point. Yep. It's like, why didn't you just, why don't you just let it go there? Just exactly. You gave us his happy ending. Right. That should have been the end of the series. Yep. The end of the actors. Right off into the sunset. Exactly. Exactly. I was not impressed with either of the, the credit scenes. Yeah. They were kind of, eh. I mean, I guess the one is to show you that, like, it's, it's, everything's normal for the Guardians. But yeah. Then the one with Peter and his grandfather, I was like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. It, it we, yeah. It didn't have the same gee whiz of every other Marvel movie. Right. And I, and that there was some little, some little nugget you got, whether it was a callback or it was, you know, something yet to come. Right. And, and while I think this was better than most of the Marvel stuff that's come since Endgame, I still don't, I would agree. I still don't think that the hype, it didn't carry the hype of past Marvel movies. Right. You know, and when they when they land on the Earth like planet where it's all animals, you know, and they all like the evolution has been the same where they have cars and houses and mm-hmm. cities and there's like a Statue of Liberty type thing. I was like, mm, OK, I don't know if it, that's from a comic book, but it feels just a little like we're going to 
we're going to have this funny scene where star Lord doesn't know how to drive. And you know, he drops an F bomb. I was like, okay. I mean, that's all the people were talking about. Oh, he drops the first F bomb. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is superhero fatigue. I don't know. Yeah. Give us something new, something different. Yeah. What else did you watch? So I, so I watched that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched everything everywhere all at once. Okay. Boy, is that a bizarre movie, but it's so good. It is so good. It's like, I, I understand all the, the hype for Michelle Yeoh. Yep. It's so well deserved. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my God. Yep. She was just great. <laughs> you know, she's not afraid to not be pretty on camera. Right. She's, she's willing to go with anything. She's just like, right. she's, she's like, Hey, I'm an older woman. Ugly me up. Whatever you need to do. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was brilliant, but you, I, you have to admit there's nothing quite like uh hot dog fingers. Oh my God. That was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it was so disturbing and like, it's, it's so great the way it's done because you hear about the bagel for so long and right. then they start, they start like doing this trippy thing where they're taking you to all these different like realities. And there's the one where they're just like the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Up on the up on the hill, and they're like just talking to each other. And then there's the 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 hot dog fingers, and yeah, it's very well done, and but really bizarre. Yeah, I thought James Hong was great. Uh huh. I was a little worried when I saw him early in the movie in the wheelchair, and it's like, oh, he's just gonna play, you know, senile old grandpa. But no, he got his he got his chance. Yep. Yep, they all did. Ki yeah. Kwan is really good in it. Like everybody deserved whatever they got out of that movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, and to think too, after seeing it, knowing now that like they had shot it just before the pandemic, and the filmmakers were stuck because they couldn't get any of the big effects houses to work on it. So there right. were five guys with um, laptops that were bought online that created all of the visual effects for that movie to the point where it was, it was both directors and then three other people. And um, they were looking up tutorials on YouTube of how to do certain effects. And that's what ended up in the movie. Right. Like it's amazing. Like everything, like right. they deserve every accolade that they got. Right. And it should also be like a, like a thing to young filmmakers of like, if they can do this, so can you. Right. Very well done. Yep. Very, very well done. Um, and I also watched Ready Player One. 
You'd never seen that before? Nope. Oh. I watched it twice. <laughs> okay. I I really liked it. The the CGI parts didn't bother me like they do in a lot of other movies. Because they're meant like to look Shang like Chi. video games. Right. Yep. It made perfect sense. But the whole story they're trying to figure out and the secret and the Easter eggs and I just thought was really brilliant storytelling. And I loved all of the pop culture shit. Yep. You know, the Iron Giant and he drives a, a DeLorean yep. and you see all these characters, you know, the T-Rex the from Jurassic Park and Mechagodzilla. And it's like, okay, this is this is a fun movie. And only Spielberg could get all that IP from the different companies right. to be to agree to be put into one scene. That end battle mm-hmm. scene where all the characters show up. Um there's so many things in there with Chucky and um uh-huh. you know the Iron Giant and all of all of like there's even a um there's a Battletoads reference like there's all kinds of shit that's in there that should not be together. And I guess yeah. because it's Spielberg, they were like, yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. And if, if you liked that much pop culture, I would suggest listening to the audiobook of ready player one. Really? Okay. Um, it's, it's read by Will Wheaton and, okay. um, the book is vastly different than the movie. There was no way that they were going to be able to film the book. Okay. Um, so for instance, like the first key is one through three separate stages. I think it's three stages. Okay. There's an initial, um, skill battle that they have to go through. Maybe it's two. And then to get the key, they have to open what's called a gate and perform whatever the gate challenge is. And so, like, the first gate challenge is they have to go through the entire movie of War Games as the Matthew Broderick character and do it um, line for line perfectly in order to get through the first gate. Mm. And so there's all these gigantic things, but it's all pop culture. Like the, the writer and the writer was on the movie. The writer helped write the script and change everything to what you see it as to make it more filmable. So you get the car, the car race in the beginning. And then, you know, the shining thing, um, you know, the, the, the recreation of the shining, was something when I oh, yes. when I sat in the theater I was like holy shit that's fucking amazing like it's mm-hmm. so photorealistic and I don't know whether or not they actually recreated some of the set for it or not but yeah. like it's the digital version of it where like they made sure like the carpets are in the same spot and like the chairs are where they're supposed to be and like mm-hmm. just fucking amazing yeah. But if you do, if you like that, if I liked, I like both the book and the movie, um, because for different reasons, I like the movie because of the action in it, but I like the book because of there's an expanded story in it. Story. 
Um, okay. It's more, there's like, without giving anything away after, because it happens in the book too, after um, Wade's aunt is killed. Okay. Uh, um, he actually disappears for a year in the book and doesn't, doesn't pop up again um, for a year. And then he goes into what he's been doing and stuff like that. But, you know, they can't do that in the movie. So right. they kind of compress everything that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really well done movie. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people are like, that's like Spielberg's weakest movie, but I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I mean, I, there was so much to take in that I had to watch it a second time. <laughs> It's great. And I think the last time I did that was probably Jungle Cruise, and I hated it both times I watched it. (laughs) Wow, you actually sat through Jungle Cruise a second time? Yeah. Wow. Because I wanted to see if I was was wrong. (laughs) And uh, no, I wasn't. I was right. (laughs) It was a big old turd. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of excited for Haunted Mansion. I hope it doesn't suck. I am too. They the the trailer that came out this week really was like it it as opposed to the Eddie Murphy movie. This really feels like they took the spirit of the ride mm-hmm. and put it into whatever the story is going to be. They they've they've managed to mold it to where all of your favorite stuff is there. Right. And hopefully the story delivers and it's not just a, hey, you've been on this ride. Look at this. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. And it, it's it seems very much haunting of Hill House and um, that type of, of psychological horror. Right. You know, like your perception isn't what it really is. And I'm I'm hoping they lean into the horror just a little bit more. And doesn't make, you know, the murderous bride and the hatbox ghost as just jokes. Right. Well, see, I don't see I don't know if Jared Leto would sign on to something where he was just the joke. Yeah. He seems like he'd want more out of the character than that. Right. So I don't know. I've, I've, I'm interested to see it. I'm hoping that it's better than what I'm expecting. Okay. I'm trying not to set the bar too high. <laughs> Alrighty then. So I watched a couple of movies this week. You did. What'd you watch? I watched Asteroid City. Which is the new West? I want to see that. So is it good? So Wes, or is it too quirky? Wes Anderson is a is a quirky director. Mm-hmm. And I like his other movies. I like Budapest Hotel. I liked um, the Aquatic Life. Um, you know, it's all. It's usually all the same actors. It's all like you know. Asteroid City is quirky, quirky for a Wes Anderson film really yeah like because you want to see it i won't give too much away but there were times in it where i was like 
wait, what am I watching again? <laughs> because there's like something else going on. He said that he wrote it during the lockdown and there's a lockdown in it. Okay. But it's all happening at another time as well. Um, like, okay. I don't, I don't want to give it away because it's a, it's okay. like a major part of the film, but like, it's weird. Like it's weird for a Wes Anderson film and that's saying something. Yeah. Um, but like, it's also, if you like movies that use old school filming techniques, mm-hmm. he's the guy to watch because he's huge in the miniatures and right. Um, like, like real props and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's very much an effect in this. So I think, I think if you're a Wes Anderson fan, you should definitely see it. Um, but like he, he's also mixing, well, I guess he's, I guess he's done it in the past too, but like there's some like stop motion that's added into this at times where I'm like, "Uh, that's a bold choice, but okay. (laughs) Um, cool. But yeah, so I watched that and I watched the new Mission Impossible film. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it worth it? It's it's a really good movie. It's a good action movie. But okay. you have to know all of the movies that came before it to understand what's going on. Oh, really? He pulls actors and storylines out of the last seven or eight films, however long it's been. Okay. Like, like there's an antagonist in this. That's from the first film. Huh? And I was like, Oh, okay, sure. There's a lot more comedy in this one than in the past mission impossibles. Um, there's a scene where he's got to drive through some, I, uh, I think it's Rome. I think they're in Rome. Cause I think there's the Coliseum in the background. Um, right. and he's handcuffed to Haley Atwell and they wind up in order to drive. Their arms are kind of crossed with each other right. and some comedy like hijinks ensue from it. And like <laughs> kind of, almost laugh out loud funny it was like funnier than I've seen Tom okay. Cruise in a long time so that that was interesting it it's a part one of two right and so like there's no real conclusion at the end other than like hey we're gonna do another one of these mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean it's it's a good action movie they make they make good action movies like like there's never been maybe the second one but like for the most part modern day Mission Impossible films all deliver the same quality okay and this is no exception and I don't know if that has to do with Cruz and his craziness of like the perfection of like you know he was trying to save Hollywood and all that shit that he had you know when he was screaming at the guys for not wearing masks and stuff, that was all from this movie. Oh, okay. So, you know, 
I don't know if it's, it's his dedication to this is what makes it that level, but they're good movies. Okay. You know, it is what it is. It's way better than the Fast and Furious films. You know, it's it's got a lot more heart than, you know, just talking about family and like all the shit that they pull. But yeah, I mean, if you've seen all of the other ones, then yeah, go see this one. If you haven't, there's not really a point. Okay. And then today I watched a movie called 65 with okay. Adam Driver. I don't know if you've seen the, the trailers for this. Is that the, the sci-fi one? The sci-fi one where they land on Earth 65 million years ago. Yes. It's and it's interesting. <laughs> okay. There's but well so so the basic gist is he's a pilot, he's living on another world, um, and he's taking this two year trip as a pilot to pay for his daughter's medical expenses because his daughter is sick. And in the middle of the journey, they get knocked off course. They go through an asteroid field and they crash land on a dinosaur ridden earth. And the, the, the film is the journey to get to the escape ship. Cause that's like 15 miles away. He, that he finds, he finds a young girl that has survived the crash um, because the the ship was full of like um, people in hibernation that were going to a different world or something, and they all die. Okay. They all die, but her. Oh, and so it's there's a lot of interesting like there's a lot of things that they do that are really cool. Like they make it so that the girl doesn't speak the same language as him. Um, so not only are they traversing through hostile territory with all this stuff, but he can't tell her what to do either. So like, like there's all these cool things that come with that. Like, like what is edible and what isn't and like telling her to get down and move. And like, it's, there's this communication barrier that really adds a level of tension to the film. And so Mm. I was like, that's really cool. And then they felt like there wasn't enough tension, I guess. Okay. Because all of a sudden you realize that the asteroid field that they came through to crash was the asteroid that kills the dinosaurs. Whoa. So now there is a time, there's a ticking clock on how fast they can get off the planet because they're right. about to get hit and they just happen to be exactly where that asteroid's going to strike. And, and did they find the dinosaur and take it back to the future with them? No. No? No. Oh. But it's it's just one thing after another and I kept being like this dude's got terrible luck. Like <laughs> you you can't make it any harder for this dude and then they show that and I'm like nope, I was wrong. Now he's got to get off before he gets this thing landed on his head. Right. Like it's a cool sci-fi movie, I guess, but like, okay. If they had not told me 
in the opening text on the screen that they crash on earth. If it had just been a planet with dinosaur looking things on it uh-huh. and left the idea that it was earth to the very end, I think it would have played better because hmm. then you're not, then you're not like, Oh, those are, Oh look, it's a T-Rex. Oh, it's a Velociraptor. It's whatever. Oh, uh, right. You could right. have been like, Oh, those look like dinosaurs. Wait, what the hell's going on here? Why, why are they crashing on another planet? That's got dinosaurs. Like they could have written it in a way where the, there was a mystery about what planet they were on. And so like, if they had done that, I think it would have been even better. Hmm. But you know, right. You don't get the opening, the, the opening title screen until like 20 minutes in. And it's okay. It's an hour and a half movie. So I kept waiting for shit, but like right in the beginning, there's this text on screen. That's like, so-and-so lives on this planet. And then like after the crash, it's like, it says 65. And then you get this whole thing that says million years ago, this dude crashed on earth. And I was like, way to blow your load. (laughs) Was there a giant statue of Liberty buried at the beach? No, nope. No, there were no monkeys. It was all, it, it, there's only like two people in the movie. It's Adam driver and this kid. Oh, really? For like 90% of it. Yeah. Okay. There's a little thing in the beginning with his wife and his daughter. And there's like a hologram of his daughter that shows up a couple of times, but 90% of this is him and the kid. And Hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not a huge Adam driver fan because I feel like he's the same in a lot of his movies. And this isn't really an exception to that. Like this seemed to be like, you know, we're going to keep the Adam driver long hair and the mustache and stuff. Right. Um, but I just feel like if it had been just a tiny bit different, if they had just thought about saving that reveal to the end, it could have been way better. Okay. But yeah, that's that's about all I watched this week. Are you caught up on Righteous Gemstones? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, so if you thought the dick pic on the on the phone was <laughs> something, holy crap! Yeah, so I guess being on HBO, they're not really worried about anything. No, they are not. Because, because when BJ shows up at the dude's house to kick the shit out of him, and he finds him in bed jerking off, uh huh. You know, there wasn't any like we're going to block the dude's dick so that you kind of know what he's doing, but like, we're not going to show it. Nope. Mm -hmm. It's full on him jerking his cock. And then they have a fight where his dick's just hanging out. Right. For the entire thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, It was something else. Yeah. Like they're really pushing to see how far they can go. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I guess 
I guess we're going to get into some, um, I don't know if Jesse gets kidnapped or whatever, but I guess there's going to be like a showdown with this militia. Right. That's part of like the family. So that, that'll be interesting. Right. Yeah. I, I love the hologram of the mother. Yep. Glitching with Tupac. Yep. Oh, that was, that was fucking amazing. Wasn't it? That was, oh my God, that was so good. That was so good. I mean, they, they just went there. It must be a really fun writer's room. I would, I would think so. Or, they smoke a lot of pot <laughs> something it, but like it's like what can we do here oh we're gonna have a hologram wouldn't it be fucking funny if it malfunctions and it glitches over to Tupac right like they it must just be so fun to throw out all the shit on the board and be like all right this is what we got to do now mm-hmm yeah. yeah very well done yeah very well done they they're pushing the envelope. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I watch the Righteous Gemstones on Mondays during my lunch. Okay. And so I was eating a tuna fish sandwich when the dick fight happened. <laughs> and I was like, and "Did you spit it out?" I, I no, but I like put the sandwich down, and I was like, "All right, let's see where this goes." <laughs> And BJ like grabs his nutsack and like, I guess twists. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the fact that they're giving him something to do. Right. He's always been. They like, are, and he's not the little sniveling house husband. You know, he's 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 not a very dynamic character, and to give him this arc. Yep. Was great. Yep, and I don't know if that was like because they did like his baptism last year, right? And he's always been like the 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 comedic foil of the three siblings, and right. so it was cool that they are now writing him as like they're taking like Jesse's taking him aside and is like showing him how to like kick the shit out of somebody, you know, totally not Christian values or anything, but like. Right. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're going to, we're going to give him something else to do, which, which is nice. It's, it's nice to see those characters get something like the, the weird friend of Kelvin's mm-hmm. that, that makes him the chair. Yes. You know, I feel His like there's something friend. coming for him. Yeah. There's something coming for him too. Right. You know, I don't know if he fights I, the girl that like has taken his place or whatever. Oh, he's taken over. Yeah. Oh, she'll kill him. She'll, she'll take him out. (laughs) I thought her little gymnastics routine was funny too. Yes. On the trampolines. Yep. (laughs) Oh my God. That was hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. Good times. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we lost a legend this week. We did. We did. Tony Bennett. 96 years old. 
What he, a lie. Didn't he just like step down from performing? Yes. That was not very long ago, was it? No, no, not at all. Because he had been like on tour with like Lady Gaga. Right. Well, they did an album. Okay. And they did a TV special from Radio City. Okay. But she had said that his Alzheimer's by that point was pretty bad. Oh, okay. But she said there was one moment where she walked on stage and he's like, wow, Lady Gaga, you look gorgeous. <laughs> and it kind of made her much more comfortable. Okay. Um. But yeah, um, he fought in World War II, took down some Nazis. Wow. Uh, his old manager was uh, had ties to uh, organized crime families in New York, and they pretty much helped to create his um, his career. Really? Yep. And up until like the late 60s, he was still paying the mobsters off. Wow. But he paid them $600,000 to make them go away. Well, that's not a lot of money for well, however many millions the late 60s. he made. Right. But we're talking the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good long run. Yeah. He was married three times, had a couple of kids. Had a really bad drug pro problem. Mm -hmm. Said I used to take the pills, uppies, downies, and sleepies. <laughs> Owed back taxes at the time, back in the 70s. And I mean, if you've never, you've, you've heard Tony Bennett sing, like, like people who are listening, like, oh, I don't know any of his songs. You've heard him because I'm sure you've heard I've left my heart in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. You know, he's done iconic songs. Mm hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's probably the last surviving singer of that style. You know, right up there with, with Sinatra and Dean Martin and, you know, all those guys. The crooners? The crooners, yes. Yeah. I mean, there are modern day crooners, but I don't think they're nearly... You mean like a Mi Michael Bublé? Not in the same league. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr., Michael Bublé. Um, yeah, not in the same league. Who's, who's the other guy? The other guy. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Him? No. <laughs> yes, Crooner. <laughs> uh, um, fuck, I can't think of his name. I don't even know what to, to look up to get his name either. There's another one. There, there's another one out there that's like a like a modern day crooner. But you're right. There there were definitely John like, Legend. No, not John Legend. Um, 
but they're definitely like, there definitely seem to be like gaps. Like crooning was something that like fell out of style for a long time was very right. much like our parents, what our parents listened oh, to yeah. were the crooners. And then all yeah. of a sudden there was like this new wave of like, um, like they were trying to fill the void and like, mm-hmm. that's where you get like Michael Buble and stuff like that. And right. Harry Connick Jr. And yeah, I mean, they, they were very much influenced by Tony Bennett. Yes. Very much. Yeah, I don't remember the dude's name. A modern day crooner. And I might black or white. White. I might be totally off. And he does the same type of songs that. Uh. Chris Isaac. No. Not Barry Manilow either, although he's listed on a modern day crooner website yes then he's then the dude that i'm thinking of isn't a modern day crooner okay so never mind don't worry about it (laughs) mark broussard no no nora jones no No, I I can't find them. Okay. Harry Connick and um, Michael Bublé are like the two big ones now, for sure. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't think any of those types of performers... Uh, is Robert Goulet still alive? No. No, he's dead too? Mm-hmm. Um, what about, what about Tom Jones? Would you consider him a crooner? He's he's still a, no, no, I don't think so. I'm just trying to think of like musicians that I heard growing up that would like fit that musical style Mm -hmm. that might still be around. Nope, don't know who you're thinking of. Nope, me neither. I'll have to look it up sometime this week. All right. Report back. (laughs) I know who I was thinking of. Yeah, 96 years old, though. That's a really great run. Mm -hmm. Seth MacFarlane? No, although he probably is a modern-day crooner. Yeah, definitely. He definitely is influenced in his live shows of like those people, Sinatra Mm -hmm. and and Dean Martin and Tony Bennett and that kind of stuff. Right. All that big band stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Good times. Mm Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Tony Bennett. I'd say life is short, but at 96, I'd be ready to go. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping to surpass that. So 
No, really? I have an aunt kind of... that just turned 103. Oh, wow. Yeah. But what's her quality of life? Not bad, actually. Yeah? Like, she's she's a little, like, slow moving, but, like, she's still sharp as a whip. Hmm. When my grandmother died at 98, she was, like, super sharp, too. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we're going for good genes here. <laughs> All right. I just got to avoid the other side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's side of the family they're all dead so great yeah, so knock on wood I get some of the, the other side right be nice to think I'm only halfway done instead of most of the way done <laughs> right <laughs> oh well we'll see alright hey, at least you have a have a goal. Right. You got anything else for this week? No. I think that's it. No? All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. We're not doing Twitter anymore because he's an asshole. Um, we doing threads? We, I, I could look in the threads, sure. I, I, I joined thread. Yeah. There's not a lot on it yet. Well, well maybe, maybe we'll strike while the iron's hot then. There you go. <laughs> but until then, let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. You turn mama into a force ghost? <laughs>